Welcome to an all-new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann. I'd like to extend my gratitude for you making me, my voice, my podcast, a part of your listening experience. You can also view this every Friday night. I call it a watch party. It's a little bit more fun than, than just a live premiere on YouTube, but I premiere the video component on Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Sit in the chat chop it up with everyone. And this is going to be one that I think is going to be a lot of fun for the premiere because when I get to go back and rewatch these episodes to pull the clips and, you know, to really kind of, you're doing the interview and you're experiencing it, but when you actually watch it, you're laughing because today's guest is one of my funny friends, somebody that I adore and love. And he really brought it for this episode, including the very open, of the conversation for the interview is fantastic. And I know a lot of you are going to get the sports reference. A lot of you are going to get the podcast reference. I'll get to that. But first, let's catch up a little bit. Uh, it is football season, week two. Things are happening. Injuries are happening. Horrible things are happening. My Dallas Cowboys already. This is kind of a normal thing. This is why I love playing fantasy football, because it allows me to escape into something that puts even more pressure on me, whether my teams that I fake manage, you know, my fake fantasy teams that I'm like the fake GM of, whether they'll do better than my actual real team, the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott being out with a thumb injury. Not ideal. Not ideal when we didn't really look that hard for a second quarterback. We've got Cooper Rush going out there today, so I will be on pins and needles for this matchup. But here we are, and we're facing fall. We're going back and forth in this city right now between yesterday it felt like a fall day. Today it feels like a summer day. It's that time of the year where you really don't know what to wear but it's exciting because when it's nice out, you just see everybody stop everything they're doing and get outside. The park is packed. The streets are packed. And more than anything, it's just exciting to see this kind of energy in the city again. It took us so long to really recover, even though they're saying only 50% of workers are back in offices. It's to the point now where it's kind of crowded at the corner when you're waiting for the crosswalk. And you can tell the tourists from the people who live here, because the people who live here, like myself, we just look down the street. And if there's not a car coming, we walk because we are saving the pace. We are making sure that the flow stays moderate. It's a key thing here. Another key thing here is my consistent drive to always be my healthiest self. And this week I had a health challenge and it was challenging because I had my throat and it wasn't COVID related. I remember when I called into my sports shows on Friday, I was worried my voice was going to be horrible because I could still barely swallow, but I was faced with, Hey, you need to get your tonsils removed. And I was like, Oh, I can't do that. It's football season, which as a girl who doesn't play football, when you say that to a doctor, they look at you like, what is your problem? I don't understand. You don't play. What is your thing? Um, but when you talk for a living and somebody tells you that you would potentially have to get surgery on your voice, the fear factor is like, well, how long is the recovery? Will I be able to do my podcast? Will I be able to do a sports radio? And I actually sat and thought about it and realized that I've had some stressful scenarios that I've allowed to just compile in my life. And normally for me, when I've gotten the sickest, like when something's come on super fast, it's because my mind is not telling me to stop and my body is forcing me. And that's what I felt this really was. I felt like I was allowing something to be so heavy on me and so stressful 
and trying to be in denial that this actually wasn't happening. And it was, and I just got incredibly sick. And so I think for most of us, I'm sure you can agree when you're first starting to get sick, the worst thing we do is we make a list of all of the things that we need to do and it makes us anxious. It makes us almost more sick because you're afraid you can't take that downtime. And so I sat down with a list of all of the things that I needed to do and I wrote them all down and I said, you're going to write these down so that when you feel better, you can tackle them one at a time. I took an entire day, a secret day. People don't realize I do this because I still engage here and there on social media, but probably 24 hours of straight sleep. Went to bed early the following night, just really monitored my body. I ate nothing but fruit for a good 72 hours, almost four days of just oranges, grapes, blueberries, smoothies, because I really wasn't that hungry. I really didn't want to chew much until I could really feel like I could swallow without it being painful. I didn't go on antibiotics. I try not to do those things. I try to just take you know, over-the-counter Advil for anti-inflammatory. I drank a lot of tea. I did Theraflu at night. But here I was. By yesterday, I was like, okay, I think I'm at about 80%. I hadn't been able to work out, which is something that really stresses me out when I'm sick because I feel like, okay, now I'm going to miss the gym and I hate missing the gym. And so yesterday I said, if you go to bed, Saturday night at eight o'clock, set your alarm for six because it's football Sunday and you have a lot to do. Let's just see how you feel. If you feel good enough, go to the gym and went to bed at eight o'clock, probably fell asleep before eight 30. And I woke up this morning. And the first thing you do when you've had a tonsil situation, when you wake up, of course, is swallow. You're like, can I swallow? How does this feel? <laughs> Let's see. And I, I did it. And I was like, okay, like, this is amazing. Like, I'm good. I went to the gym, woke up at 5.30 before my alarm, got in 90 minutes at the gym, 30 minutes in the sauna, did everything I need to do. And I was just sitting in the sauna thinking like, this is why eating right and taking care of yourself consistently is a game changer because your body becomes like a rubber band. You just bounce back. Now I had to say no to some things. I really wanted to go to the 420 Expo in Edison, New Jersey. Dan and Jay from Exotica putting on this expo their first time. Aliyah Janine had rented a car. We were going to drive out there together. But I just knew when I made that list of things that I had on my schedule and that list of things that I needed to do, that some of them were going to need to be put on hold and some of them were going to need to be canceled. And that was the best move because in the past, I would have forced myself to go, and what good is going somewhere where you're going to have to talk to a bunch of people when you shouldn't really be talking? I just rested my voice. I didn't do my Saturday night call with my best friend. Instead, we just texted. I was like, I really can't talk. A little tonsillitis hit me this week. She's like, what? What kind of an adult gets tonsillitis? It was really just, I think, just a, a lot of extra stuff. So just a reminder that eating right and taking care of yourself over time really proves. And as you get older, you really can feel the difference because you rebound, you rebound from things so much faster, you know, and I'm excited today and just thrilled that I could be doing the monologue. That was, of course, one thing that was stressing me like, oh, the podcast is done. The interview is done, but I haven't done the monologue at the mailbag. When the hell am I going to do that? I got to do that. So all of these little things like weigh on me and I was able to put them aside and say, you need to get better first. And when you get better, you will bring your A game. 
and you will do all of these things. And that's what I'm doing right now. My A game that I bring you is a guest that I visit every Friday morning on my Fantasy Football Fridays. You can follow all things T-M-A-S-T-L. And if you want to have a lot of fun, follow the TMA fan page on Facebook. It is fantastic. They have built a community of listeners that I've got to meet in person quite a few times going back to St. Louis every year for their golf tournament, the Dotem. And uh, just wonderful people. And I wanted to bring Iggy on. Before I bring Iggy, though, a little word from my sponsor. Guys, confidence can take you far in life and it can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes to, like stepping up to the plate. You know what I mean? That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead and be prepared to step up to that plate. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. You can use my code LISA, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew is made in the USA and is prepared and shipped directly to you in discreet packaging. Sign up at bluechew.com today. Use my code LISA. Ironically, Iggy was doing an ad for Blue Chew before I came on the air the other day, and his tagline that he came up with on his own that definitely sounds better when he says it is, get a stiffy in a jiffy with Blue Chew. <laughs> I died laughing. I was like, only Iggy, who you are going to meet right now, my friend who you can follow on all social media at Iggy Strode, that is the one, the only Iggy Strode. Today, I'm excited to bring you a little history of an amazing relationship, a friendship that has gone through many waves of my life and careers and now brings me to St. Louis every year as a host for the Dotem and brings me on the morning after show every Friday for Fantasy Football Fridays, my friend, Ken Iggy Strode. Lisa Ann, I am so excited and honored. Uh, I get calls every day, Bill Simmons. Uh, you have it. Rogan want me to be on the, I just don't have fucking time. You asked <laughs> everything to be on with you. I'm so excited. What I like the most is that you put Bill Simmons in front of Rogan. Like that really, if, if people are really picking up what you're putting down. So Iggy, you know, it's exciting. We've got football season around the corner. We've got sports betting. We've got everything going on. And when I get to this time of the year, I think about how these relationships have built. Do you remember how you and I first got in touch and built this friendship? You know what? I know that's one of the things you're going to ask. And I racked my brain and I said, I don't remember. I know that she, she had a book coming out. She had quit porn and we talk a lot of porn on our show. Did we get you on to talk about you leaving porn and the fantasy football thing? I, I don't, I don't remember. You initially, I initially did a call in a while back when I was doing that hustler club in St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. When I was releasing my first book, Lainey had brought me up to you. And I'm like, oh, my God, I remember those guys. Like, they were super fun. And I had called in and we started talking about the book. And we clicked. And we clicked on the fact that, like, you are a true, what I like to call a porn historian. You know, like a porn I, historian. I am. Yeah, I am. Except for you brought up Casey Combs or whatever. I didn't know who that was. But for the most part, Courtney I know. Courtney Combs. <laughs> Courtney Combs. <laughs> 
But so like we have this like bond of also you went to AVN for quite a few years. We may have crossed paths at AVN, but you started going like I, I stopped going in 2013 was my last year. Then we wouldn't have crossed paths. I didn't go till you know, after that. Do you know why I stopped going? Because of people like me? No. So I'm at the Jules Jordan booth because I had my product. He was my distributor at the time. And I was wearing this suit that I wore in one of my movies, you know, on the box cover kind of thing. Because that's what we used to do. We used to kind of tie to look in. Your right. poster's going to be here. Have this thing on. And a guy walked up to me and asked me if I was the sales rep. Because at that point, every girl was like barefoot and they were wearing like these G-strings and pasties. And obviously seeing an actual woman in clothes, they thought I had a different job. And so I remember turning around, looking at Jules and look, surveying the situation. One girl's barefoot and letting guys do whatever. Another girl has pasties on. I just looked around. I said, yeah, this is run its course. Uh, I just truly do not belong here and I'm not taking sales orders. That's what I love about you because you are so businesslike, ladylike, and you know there's not a lot of adult actresses that have done and gone on to do what you do. And you're right about that. Um, you know, you look fabulous, glamorous, kind of like Angela White. Angela White doesn't show up and oh, hanging out. She's got a dress on, and most of them don't. And you know, if you don't fit in, and you're going to be yourself, and nobody, who is this lady? Excuse me, where's the booth sixteen? Uh, no, no, no. You are you are classy, my dear. And, you know, I always thought of it for people as well. Like everyone wants to share these photos with their friends, whether it's on Instagram or whether it's on Facebook. I mean, Twitter is a free for all, but not every platform is. And so I've had men at events say, oh, it's so great. I could take a picture with you and I could post it on my Facebook because you're dressed. They can't put the pasty girl on their Facebook. Yeah. Well, they can. If they're pervs, they don't care. Well, you can get banned from Facebook. Facebook and Twitter have the same algorithm and they're pretty strict. So you can get that photo removed and then you get a strike and all of that. But now here we are and we've become in-person friends by me getting to come to St. Louis every year and do the dotum. And my favorite part of visiting you every Friday on the morning after show is the two-part questions. Do you remember Iggy, how the two-part questions actually started? I think Tim just read one one day and said, uh, Lee Sam, we have a football question, but he also has a two-part question. You know, uh, who do you start this week, uh, Brady or uh, or uh, blah, blah, blah? And uh, my wife wants to peg me. What do you think? I mean, that's how it started, I think. It's exactly how it started, and it took off like wildfire. Because your fan base, the morning after show, how long have you guys been doing this show? Oh, God. I mean, uh, 17 years. I mean, I've been on and off it like three different times, uh, and this – this new one, since coming over to Hubbard, I've been on almost six years. But Tim and those guys have been doing it for, I think, 17 years now. It's quite a fan base. Are you surprised when you guys do live events how well you feel you know everybody just from your interaction on air? Yeah, we're one of the shows that, you know, there's a lot of shows, morning shows, especially ones that had success, that they kind of don't like doing that. They're like, oh, we'll do our show, then we're leaving. I actually love having beers with the listeners. I play golf with our listeners. Uh, they call and ask me for tickets, and they're so charitable for my Megan Meyer Foundation things that I do. They're always calling Iggy, I got this, I got this. Uh, they're just great people, and you don't have a successful show without listeners and loyal listeners. And uh, so when they show up at the events, and I must say, when you came to the Dotem this year after a two-year hiatus due to fucking COVID, 
Um, it was so nice to have you back and back on the golf course. And we had a waiting line outside to get in. There was like 15 people that were waiting to get in because it was too crowded because of you. You are the best. It's been, you know, it's been great for me to visit in on your community because what you've built is a community within your community. Your listeners are like-minded. You know, yes, you're going to get some sports takes, but it's the morning. We want to laugh a little bit, right? We want to feel part of the family. And I know as a listener to shows that I listen to, you get to know everybody so well on the show that you feel connected to them. You miss them when they're away. You miss them when you're on vacation and you don't listen. Did you ever imagine that you would have such a strong world outside of just being like, yeah, I'm going to do a radio show? Uh, me, no. Because um, I've, I've always been kind of a behind-the-scenes guy. I mean, I've been in radio for 30 years, but it's mainly been as a producer. And, you know, without a doubt, one of the best producers ever to come out of the city. Um, but I wanted to get away from that. And I wanted to, when I started talking more, when Tim brought me over, he said, now I want you to be part of the show. He said, you know, we have a, a producer, Monster. You can help Monster out, help with some editing and stuff. But I want you to be part of the show. So I started talking more and my stories came out. And the more and more I became more of the show, part of the show. To the point now, there was a poll yesterday on the fan page that said, should Iggy shut up? Because I think <laughs> I, talk, I talk too much. Now, the poll, I think it was 92. No, he doesn't talk too much. But just to, to kind of turn from producer behind the scenes, you know, I don't, I don't care if anybody knows who I am, to now, you know, when you go to events and people actually want to take pictures with you. And Iggy, did you bring any pictures to sign? And I'm in the grocery store and some girl comes up. Are you Iggy? Oh, I love you. Can you take a picture for me and my husband? I mean, it's I like that stuff. I really do. I like that somebody notices me. And if you took the time out to listen to our show or send me a DM, I'm going to answer everybody back. I'm not going to say, leave me alone. That's not me. So it is kind of, it is kind of cool when you go to these events and you see 200 people show up at a, at a live event to come say hi and listen to us. You know, I kind of dig that shit actually. It's actually, you know, it suits you really well, but you made a conscious effort to say, I want to, I want to be a part of something different. Being a producer can be a grind when yeah. you're not getting to interact or you're not getting, so you start doing, you know, you start being on air and you build this understanding of like, oh, I have a personality and you've taken it even further because when you're not on the air, Iggy, you've done things that have brought me so much joy, which you still do. The scallops look fantastic though. You know, with the way that I eat, I would have skipped the Alfredo sauce. Yeah. You share a lot of cooking on your social media. How did this come about? Uh, I think it was during um, a lot of this just stems from the pandemic. You had to do shit and you couldn't go out. So that's when the unboxing started. Um, and to show this is how cool it is. I think Dave Portnoy started doing an unboxing. And that's yeah. Dave Portnoy. He's got 10 million followers. I got like 2,000. Right. And hopefully after this, I have like I picked up another 10, 20,000 followers on Twitter. So <laughs> at Iggy Strode, please. Um, you have millions. I'll just take a few. Um, but they started, they said, Iggy, you should do unboxings like Portnoy. I said, well, what am I going to get? I mean, I'm, you know, what am I going to get? Two things. Uh, I said, if you want to send me stuff to the station or to my house, we weren't at the station at the time because we're locked out. Um, I said, I'll open shit and I'll do it live on the fan page. It turned into like in three weeks, I had like 60 things in my house, boxes. <laughs> they just kept coming in. So I said, well, I was wrong. I said, you guys did this. So I said, I'll do like six a week. 
until we get through them. And I did it for like a year. But yes, I'm, op- I'm opening up dildos. I'm opening up plugs. Uh, and that's fun. I'm gonna, I said, don't send me expensive shit. I'm not saying send me a toaster oven. Just send me fun stuff. And the fun stuff was butt plugs, dildos. One was a canister that I opened and all these little penises shot out. Um, so then that kind of ran its course. And I said, you know what? I love to cook. Why don't I just cook for you guys? And Fabulous Fish Co., uh, my sponsor that reached out to me and said, Iggy, we, we had people say that they watch your cooking show. Would you do fish every Wednesday if we gave you fish? I said, hell yeah. Oh. So I'm getting swordfish, snapper, whatever, every every oh. fish every Wednesday. And I just kept doing it. So, I mean, last night, I got like eight people watching. I don't give a shit. I get fresh fish every doesn't Wednesday. doesn't matter. You get fresh fish. And by the way, just because people aren't watching live doesn't mean they're going to go back and watch it later, right? Sometimes other people, it doesn't work for their time. But you're getting fresh fish. It's yeah. probably also inspired you to le- learn some new recipes because you're getting fishes you may or may not have cooked with. I do. And I right? tell stories on there. And you're right. I mean, I think some of them, I may have eight people live. And I'll go back and there'll be like 3,000 views. So they're watching later. And I'm old. I mean, I'm cooking at 4 o'clock. I mean, fuck, nobody eats at 4 o'clock. You know, it's like the early bird special. So it's like, Jesus, we're still at home. We just finished lunch and you're cooking dinner? Um, so that's why they watch later. But I just, you know, I don't mind doing that stuff. It's fun. And we do stuff with TMA. We go out with the video camera. We shoot golf shit. And there's one we did last week that I said on the air, I could throw a fastball 68 miles an hour. There's no way I could do that. We went out and filmed, and I think I hit 51. So That's actually I, better than I thought, Icky. Good, good job. Yeah, 51 was – I was happy with it. And you heard the pop of the glove, so you know there's some athleticism there. Um, so I was, It's just fun to do, man. Well, I saw Doug was at Bertlery Cutlery uh, mm-hmm. filming something with the knives. By the way, they sent me some knives. Those are the best knives I've ever had. Delicious. They cut through uh, a potato like it's butter, right? They're the best. Uh, Bertorelli's been with it. Bertorelli's. What did I say? Of course I said it wrong. I have a thing with names. That's my thing. You met met the uh, Bertorelli, the Chop Chop Cheeky Girls at the Dotum. Yes. Yes. I did a throwback Thursday or Friday, flashback Friday of them last week. But they asked me, do you want some of these knives? And so I gave them my address. They sent me a large knife and a little paring knife and game changer because I cook every day as well. And I should shoot it. I think because my face is in a camera so much through the day that sometimes, but you know, I know people want this. And also you have to be a neat cook. Like I see how you do it. I'm like, you got to kind of plan it out because sometimes it's messy. But so when I mentioned Doug, Let's give a breakdown to my listeners of all of the wonderful personalities that are part of the morning after show. We cannot leave out our new addition, but we're going to save him to last. We've got you, Tim, Tim McKernan and his beautiful family. His background has been in sports radio. His voice, when you hear his voice and you're uh, 10, 20 feet away, it soothes you, doesn't it? Yeah. When he reads the emails, nobody could read emails like he reads emails and, uh, Tim is the best. I mean, that's what the gong we have in the studio. Every time I say something about Tim, Doug says, what a fucking lemming. Doesn't say fuck on the air. And he hits the gong and it goes off at least 15 times a day because Tim is the best. And uh, this, I think we all work so well together. If you took, if you took me out, it would work. If you took somebody else out of work, but if you took Doug and Tim away from the show, there is no TMA. Right. Uh, They are the, the cornerstones of TMA. Uh, But the good thing, and you know, too, with the people you get to work with it, serious and the things you do uh, you you wouldn't do it unless you love the people you work with yeah and i adore these guys they're they're like my guys 
And oh, I can a, feel the love when I'm with you. I mean, to get There's up no at doubt. 530 and can't wait to get into the studio to be with them and do the show. I mean, that's I'm blessed to have a job like that. Then only you make eh, you make money. Um, I'm not going to go any further than that. You make money. <laughs> If I we got to pay our bills. Look, we got to have food on the table. If I retire when I'm 67, I'm getting like 700 bucks a month. Um, that's <laughs> how much money I make in radio. But to get up that early and just know I'm going to have a great time that day and to look forward to going into the studio. I mean, you're blessed to have a job like that. Yeah. Because laughter makes everything better. It doesn't make it feel like work. And, you know, when you talk about Tim reading the emails, most people don't realize how hard it is to read something live. When I first started doing reads, you know, you get your commercial reads on air, you got to read them. What your mind does to you is so weird. Like if you mess up one word, you normally would stop and think about it, but you can't stop and think about it because you're live. And every broadcaster I listen to does it. But when you mess up one word... The whole thing kind of falls apart on you. And that never happens to Tim. Never on an email. He never messes up an email. And that's, I had to read him a couple of times and I said, I can't do this. I mean, when I cut a spot, uh, it's usually one take Iggy. If I read it over a little bit, you know, and I say, okay, and I'll change this and okay, an inflection here, comma here, you forgot the comma, whatever. Tim doesn't do that. He opens up an email and starts reading. Um, and sometimes he has to stop because Jackson will filter them but sometimes he'll leave in the end, you know, like, and by the way, tell Doug I want to bang his ass or something. And typically, oh, say that. So he'll stop. But he's the best. He never fucks up. He never fucks up. And then we'll talk about Doug. Uh, Doug is so famous in St. Louis that going somewhere with him or standing by him, you're in a ton of photos at all times. People love Doug. A uh, couple of things. One, he's been around forever and is the best. Um, you see him on TV a lot when he was doing Channel 4 Sports, uh, but he's just a nice guy. I mean, he's just that guy. He's got that kind of quirky personality that he can kind of kid with you. Yes. But at the same time, he is just so nice uh, and a good-looking gentleman. I mean, we have straight guys that want Doug in our audience. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's part of the two-part questions. Part. Usually it's something about Doug and his dockers, but Doug Vaughn has been such a light in, in, in St. Louis for so long. And then to bring his personality and show his range, right? He can cover serious topics. I mean, when we had our rain delay uh, day one at the outing this year, it was our I first one. <laughs> You did not. Your your Doppler did not call that. But we had that rain delay. I'm sure this got back to you through Tim, got brought up on the show. But somehow Doug and I got into the deepest like 45-minute conversation of everything from writing a will, uh, so death was covered, uh, to politics, to religion. And, and Tim kept like stepping over being like, what is going on? I'm like, And we really got to know each other by sharing our different thoughts on all these topics. So this was the day that it rained on the greens. And I know that your listeners, Iggy, just, just believe that you have some sort of a Doppler situation going in your closet at home because you normally do call the weather for golf events. Is this correct? Uh, I pretty much do the weather every day, and I'm usually 99.9% .9 correct. Uh, and I tell people that I check my Doppler in my closet. People ask, where did you get it? I said I bought it on eBay. And I've actually had people that'll come by the house and say, either to drop something off or I'm giving him tickets or something. I just come by the house and get them. Iggy, can we see the Doppler? I said, you got to be fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, Doppler's a, a tall thing and it costs like $8 million. You can't buy them on eBay. <laughs> so 
you know, I'm just, here's the thing that people need to know about you. It's the way you answer people's questions that makes them believe that you're telling the truth. Well, the problem I have too, is that, you know, I'll make stuff up like that, but they always accuse of, accuse me of lying with my stories. You know, like oh, I've, yes. I've slept with 500 women. Uh, I'll tell stories about Hedo, about my days in Bermuda, uh, about the women I've been with. And they think I'm lying about all these stories. And the thing is, I don't lie. Now, the Doppler thing, I mean, if you believe that, there's nothing I can tell you. There's nothing I can tell you if you believe I have a Doppler in my closet that I bought on eBay for like $400. If you believe that, there's nothing I can do. But the thing is, my stories are all true. I don't need to lie about anything. But they have a tendency to think all of my stories are made up. Well, because they're jealous of your stories, but they're not jealous of your Doppler because they don't know what a Doppler actually is. And ironically, that same day, about 10 minutes before it was going to rain, we were over on the hole where Tim was next door. And I walked over to Tim and I said, Tim, it's going to rain. You know, the leaves are turning up. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm a Pennsylvania girl. Like, these are the things that we knew. We were out bike riding. You could almost smell it in the air. Like, we knew we had to get home by a certain time. It's going to pour for like an hour or two, and then we'd be right back out. But, and he was like, oh my gosh, you're like Iggy Iggy with his Doppler. And I'm like, this is real. It's going to rain. And then when he came back in, I'm like, buddy, the leaves turning up. He's like, uh, mind blown. Another partner in the crime here on the show is Plowboy, who I came to a realization. Was it last it was the last dotem I went to before this year, so that was three years ago now, where I realized that the plowboy was the plowboy for real uh, because I said he had a kickstand, which is we the kid can eat. I know you challenged him yesterday. He did not eat 30 of those, but he can eat like a bottomless pit, and he's this you know long, tall, so that's why I realized he was most likely a dick on a stick. Well, and he's used that. He's, he's used that to now tell everybody he's got a giant hog. Um Nobody's seen it. But this if Lisa, girl stays with him. She stays with him. If Lisa Ann says you have a big dick, then you're, you're going to go with big it. Big dick energy, man. Plowboy <laughs> just has big dick energy. I mean, I can't, I call it like I see it, Iggy, and he does. And look at the the swagger the kid has had since that conversation three years ago. Oh, yeah. he's He wants to do an OnlyFans now. <laughs> uh, basically, because of you, he wants to do a guy OnlyFans where he's going to wear booty shorts and uh, maybe show some pubes. Uh, I said, you know, if, if you have that, it's going to be all dudes who want to watch you. So are you, do you mind being gay for these guys? Cause that's he doesn't mind. He just wants the sub oh, money. No he wants the subscription money. He wants to be big balling so he can, you know, do what he wants to do. Money, so money. we got, we got Plowboy, and you guys have recently added another addition who we're going to get to after we discuss the transition you made new company you guys are with the support at this this last dotem was nothing like i had ever seen before food coming in every two hours stuff going out to people uh you had more advertisers at at more of the holes on the greens like your move and transition what's it been like from one station one company to the new one excuse me i just i just swallowed an ice cube <clears throat> Oh, that was smart. Um, I know. I don't, how does an ice cube get through that little crack? Um, uh, you could have been, you know, it could have been a hairball. It could have been. Um, yes, we went to, we came over to Hubbard uh, Radio January 2nd, uh, or maybe the 4th, that first Monday of the new year, uh, after all those years at 590. And nothing against them. I wish them all the best. Um but our first meeting here, before we started, they wanted to have a meeting with some of the sales staff just to introduce ourselves. 
we walked into about 35 salespeople. Now, granted, our old station had one. Uh, we walked into 35 people, and they said half of them were on vacation, trying to get their vacation done before the end of the year, and a standing ovation for us. Asked us all kinds of questions. What do you like to do? I said, oh, I like to garden. Okay, Iggy, we're, we got a flower shop we're going to tie you into. I mean, that's what they, the questions they asked. And the support we have gotten from day one, uh, Jesse Kiowski, who's now our promotions director, we never had one of those, who pretty much put the whole dotum on, made sure our food was there, everybody was happy. The sales staff, our managers, Marty and Tommy and John. Uh, I mean, we, I'm giddy. I mean, you know, I'm not one that really usually gives a shit about stuff like that. Um, I, I look forward to walk. There's some Saturdays I got nothing to do. I said, yeah, I'm gonna go to the station, make a cup of coffee and just hang out. <laughs> so I just come in here and make coffee. I do a little editing, but it's just, it's a fun place to be. And they've given us nothing but love. And it shows with the donum how successful that was oh. for everything to come together and how smoothly it ran because of Hubbard Radio. You know, you guys all were so happy. You always loved what you're doing, but I saw such a difference this year, having support behind you and having people ask you those questions in your first meeting means, oh, you, this is going to be customized. This is going to be real. It's like one of the things people don't like about influencers is that they sling problem products that they don't use, right? Yeah. They took you guys and said, what's your hobbies? What do you like to do? Where can we pair you up? And it's just been a match made in heaven. And I got to work with Jesse for the weekend of the dotum. And Jesse made sure I had vegetarian options coming in. Yeah, we had the did, beautiful, yeah. beautiful dinner at Oak and Olive. Like your support behind you now is next level. And now we had we have an addition and I got to meet his parents. The very first people that I met when I walked into the event night one in St. Louis this year for the dotum was Jackson's parents. Jackson's parents. I don't think we've ever had parents of anyone on the show come to an event. Uh, I don't think Tim's parents don't even come. Tim's dad don't even listen to it. He sold the show and didn't even listen to the show. Um, Jackson's parents not only listen, they came uh, to the show. And uh, Jackson is, uh, we've had great producers. And we go all the way back to uh, Projo. Fuck Projo. He sucked. Um, but I was pretty much in with Sea Monster. And Sea Monster, then we went to Gangster Pete. Uh, who is great. And now Jackson, everybody, every producer we've had in the last three producers have just come right on and fit right in. And that's, you know, that's uh, a testament to Tim, a testament yeah. to Tim. That he knows the right person to fit that job. Seamaster was a guy that didn't like to talk. Uh, the only time I think he ever talked is we have the clip of, there was a porn star. I think her name was Vivian Azure. Okay. She was like a porn star for like a week. And it was one <laughs> Tim's up and coming starlets. We got her on the air and a week later she quit the business. But Sea Monster had the recording going when he called her. He goes, Hello, Vivian. And we still play that clip. Hello, Vivian. Uh, so he didn't like to talk. Gangster Pete hated our listeners. Uh, couldn't stand him. The, the day he quit, he got off of the fan page like two seconds afterwards. Um, and now Jackson is just, he's just, he's the best. Not only does he work his ass off. I mean, we have TMA all day now at Hubbard. We have our own station. Uh, 105 HD2 is TMA all day. We do our show, a replay of our show. And then the rest of the day up until midnight is just past shows from 10 years ago. And, you know, Jackson and Plowsy sit there and they put all of those together. I do dick. That's I really do. a lot do. of work. Yeah. I, I told him, I said, look, I don't want to do shit. The less work for me, the better. I just don't like to work.
Well, uh, well, you've worked you've worked to get here and you do do other things. It is still work when you're shooting yourself cooking dinner. You are still being present in folks you see on socializing and you do a lot of charity events. I mean, you're behind you you are the biggest charity to you is something that you work really hard on every year. Let's talk about that. Uh, the Megan Meyer Foundation, which is an anti-bullying foundation uh, that Tina Meyer started after her daughter Megan committed suicide after being bullied on, uh, back then it was MySpace, um, and at school, just, just mercifully at school and on MySpace, and uh, where she killed herself. And Tina started the foundation, and I I uh, was asked to be a part of it, and I found out the situation and read up on what, what happened, and I said, hell yes, whatever you need from me. Um, so anything I can do for them, because I just, you know, I tell the story and maybe, you know, your listeners wouldn't know because there's none of your listeners listen to our show. Um, but, you know, I wasn't a bully in high school, but there were two kids that were bullied terribly for like two years and they never did anything. They just would pick up the books that they knocked out of their hands, pick up the lunch off the floor that they threw at them and just go about their day. And one day they knocked their books off and smacked their hats off. And I went to the bathroom. They're both in there crying. And I said, God, I guess it does affect them. But I didn't do shit. I just let it go on. Um, and if you if you see it happening and you let it go on, you're just as guilty as the people that are you bullying. Are. So I said, anything I can do. Because to this day, I still feel bad that I did nothing. Now, they both turned out to be great. They're both married with kids and fantastic. I've had lunch with them both. Uh but a lot of kids like, you know, Megan don't turn out. They don't know how to handle that. They, yeah. you know, they turn the other way. So I just yeah. read about one this morning, a 16 year old before the first day of school committed suicide because yeah. she was being bullied on social media. I mean, one close to you and I, August Ames. Yes. Um, you know, you don't you never know who's going to handle what or who's got mental health issues. You don't know that, mm -hmm. you know, somebody could call me a dick. I'm fine. But a kid being called you're a whore, you're a slut, you're fucking all these guys. Nobody likes you. You don't know how they're going to handle that. So and now uh, it's the masses like you watch that individually in school. But now it can be a thousand people at one time with everybody on social media and they band yeah. on and they like August in her situation. Yeah. So this so, has uh, kind of been your redemption being a part of this charity event every year. Uh Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's means something to you. It, it means a lot to me because, you know, we help people and any every mount. I mean, we're a tiny organization. We're a 501C. We're not getting you know, $2 million grants from Ralston Purina or whatever. We're out, Tina's out speaking to schools and doesn't charge anything 300 days out of the year. Uh, so we have our fundraisers, you know, and make our money. And uh, now our Lemmings Open that's coming up. This is our final golf term of the year. It's our Lemmings, which unfortunately it's your football season. So we wouldn't bother you again for two, for a I second. know Tim asked, but I couldn't. And I would have yeah. loved to, you know that. I love coming that's to St. Your, Louis and seeing you That's your guys. football season. Yeah. You're, working your ass off. So, but this is like our end of the season, get everybody together. Let's have one final tournament in September. And they picked the Megan Meyer, the Hubbard picked the Megan Meyer foundation as the charity. Nice. So all the proceeds are going to go to the Megan Meyer foundation. So that's what I love about Hubbard too. They tie our charities in, you know, it's not like last year, last year I went to some fucking hot dog stand. Um, they actually pick out this means something and it's home yeah. and it's and it's yeah. focused in your group and it's again this community that you built but thank for you for asking about that. thank you for bringing yeah, that up it's, your, it's really, where, can, where can people get involved yeah if your viewers want to and you donate every year to anything i do there's always lisa and donated so thank you yeah. to that sweetheart um just go to megan meyer foundation of meyers m-e-i-e-r 
meganmeyerfoundation.org. Uh, you can learn all about the charity. You can check out our events. You can donate, read up on it. Just drop a note and say thank you for the great work. Uh, but if you want to check it out, it's meganmeyerfoundation.org. And thank you for asking that. I love that you do this. And so before I explain the last part, which is letting my listeners know what the two-part questions mean, because we launched Fantasy Football Fridays this week, and I'm super excited for the season. I wanted to tell you that when you guys came into my life, I think my first time coming to you was like, what, 2016 or 2017? Uh, yeah, because I think you've done two dotums prior to... Yep, so that would be right. 2017, I believe. And at that time, if anybody goes back and reads my books, you understand that I was, you know, just really struggling. I was in a dark place and I was feeling very isolated. You know, when you leave the industry, uh, it's a weird thing because it's something you've been so closely knit in and then it kind of dissipates, right? It's like your whole identity. And I was going through this and coming to your event and meeting your people and being a part of your show was so fulfilling to me. Like I loved going, you know, on the greens, riding around, talking to just nice people in St. Louis. Just everybody was, nobody was creepy with me. Everybody was super excited to see me. And then it ties in to the Friday spots. And now, you know, a lot of your followers are my followers and drop in on my Facebook lives or drop in on my other lives. And it's built this like community for me that has made me feel supported. It introduces me to new friends every year. And I'm just so thankful that this connection with us has built to be what it is. And that leads into the fun that we get to have two part questions. One is usually super sexual. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, very sexual. One is, uh, just a, a and half of them are stupid. Like, yeah. uh, should I play Brady or some fourth string quarterback that's been on the practice squad? And then my wife wants to peg me. Should I let her, you know, things like that. Or, uh, I really want to get <laughs> or my neighbor, my neighbor's been checking out my wife. Should I let them have sex with each other? Like they're so yeah. good. And, and my, my goal is to answer the question with the best answer possible and then flow very smoothly into the football question. And you do it perfectly. It's like nothing stopped. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if he's got a, if he's got a huge penis and your, your wife wants her ass, go for it. Now, as far as Brady goes, I mean, just right <laughs> into it. It's so funny. There is nothing that brings me more joy than the fact that your show now, your show is the only show that I get to be like this on. You realize that the rest okay. of them, everybody's very serious. Oh, wow. There's I'll no, yeah, no, no, no. I don't get to have this fun. That's why I rearranged this things this year so I could be on with you 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. Central messes with me, man. I'm not going to lie. Messes with me. Uh, I got to remember that I'm always the latest. But, and I look forward to it because I get to really laugh and laugh and laugh. And it's not just quite as dry and serious. And these questions are the best because I know, you know, a lot of your listeners buy their handle and when, and when it's red, you know, we say Carly's Carlos spicy wiener. We know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something too. Our listeners love you. They really do. I mean, you treat them so nice, but you know, we have a lot of guests that come on, but you, our listeners love you. they look forward to Friday. They look forward to the dotum. Uh, if we have you on for something else, I mean, you're not only you're a sweetheart, but our listeners just love you. I love them too, because you are surrounded by nice people because this community that you've worked so hard with TMA STL to build and Iggy, I am stoked for the season. I absolutely love you. I love you. And, uh, anytime you need me, I mean, I'm done with this. I'm just, what am I go home and jerk off to Dillian Harper? I got nothing else to do. So, you know, if, if we had to bring up Dillian, have you heard from her lately? 
What's the Everyone, update? I mean, come on, give me an update. I, no, I really think that she, first of all, I don't have her new number. Um, I don't know how to get a hold of her. Lainey doesn't rep her Can anymore. Can you DM her? Can't you DM her? Well, I do, but it takes her like, I'll get like three months later. Oh, it's so good to hear from you. Well, fuck, I, I DM you three months ago. You know, something like that. Like, so if she would ever check her DMs quickly, because I want to bring her in town for something. I said, I can make you some money. I want to bring you in town. And it's like three months later. Oh, what'd you have in mind? Well, it was something we did three months ago. It's not still going on. So it's, so I don't know, but she is, uh, she did come in for, um, um, I guess you, you could say, Club? I guess you could say it's my birthday. But when oh. I saw, I had interviewed her at the AVNs a couple times and then she introduced me to Leo, her new handler, uh, a gotcha. couple years ago. That was a year before the pandemic actually. Yeah. And, um, I said, I'd love to tie you into, we have a TMA on July 25th, which happens to be my birthday. Is there any way we could tie you into coming in for our TMA live birthday celebration? And then you can do that weekend like the Hustler Club. So she said, let's get it done. So she did. And uh, I thought we hit it off. But then I think she got a new boyfriend. And then just new handler. Yeah, everything. Well, Iggy, just- I think we need to do a docu-series down the road of like the pursuit of Dillian and Iggy. Like, you know, we're going to make this happen. But it's it's just another fun thing we get to talk about. Thank you, you so much for joining me. And I look forward to my two-part questions, people, because we know Doug loves them. Even though Doug cringes and he says, no more two-part questions, stop it with the two-part questions. We're like kids. We're like, oh my gosh, it makes us want to do it more. And Doug knows that. He knows it. He says he hates them, but he looks forward to it every every Friday. And can I say one thing before we go? Yes. Um, two, and all of your listeners, at Iggy Strode, just follow me on Twitter. Um, I told Tim I could get up to 5,000 or 10,000 after this. We'll see. Um, and two, I have said on the air many times, I have a bucket list. One you know is holding Rory Gallagher's 61 Strat, that when it gets back to New York, I'm coming up there and you're going to film it. Um, and two is I, I've got to win a fucking AVN somehow. I told <laughs> I told Brian Gross, I said, why don't you do just like a media and an AVN interviewer of the year award that is between me and Captain Jack. I got a shot yeah. at getting that. But you know so many people. I know a lot of the people in the industry. You just interviewed Bree Mills, who I'd love to death. She's doing great things in the industry. One of you, one of you companies, just let me come in and direct one scene. And we'll pump it up where I'll win an AVN. Just do that. If you're listening, Bree Mills, I know do you, you think, got baby, You think the one scene is enough? To win the award, even though there's people that have been schlepping and, and breaking their backs shooting a scene a day for a, for a year. That's right. Listen, if I put the cast together of, uh, look, Joanna Angel and Small Hands are going to do a scene. I'm going to throw Angela White and I'm going to throw Manuel in there. And then I'm going to throw. Your budget. A, Let me tell you something. I, all I hear is a register. Your budget is going to be look, really high not, for this. It's not my scene. money. It's not my money. I just need the <laughs> AVN. Just put this together. Let me say cut AVN. <laughs> I need one. I will be bringing this up when I join the show every Friday morning for the football season at Iggy Strode. Thank you, my friend, for joining me today. Love you, sweetie. Anytime you know that. The moment you've been waiting for, the mailbag is right here. And if you would like to be a part of the mailbag, if you have an interesting question, uh, interesting, I say, please send it to asklisaann at gmail.com. I'm going to say it right here. Y'all hit it out of the park this week. I actually had some good questions, but I still threw in a creeper question. 
just because we like those too. They're kind of fun. We don't love them, but this one's good. Christopher asks, hello, Lisa. Cool show. By the way, Christopher has very good. It was hello, Lisa, comma, cool show, comma. It gets weird, but I will say punctuation is good. And this was not in the subject matter. So if this makes anybody feel better about what I'm about to read to you, brace yourself. Could I receive a humiliating cock and balls review for a tip? Question mark. Just a fetish. LOL. You know, we're, we're kind of facing a recession here. You know, the, the market's uh, about ready to <laughs> take a shit. Uh, we've got a war going on in another country, which is causing an energy crisis globally. This is what people are choosing to spend their money on. Humiliation. Cock videos. That is a no, Christopher. It's not something I do. I don't need the tip. I, I appreciate your fetish. It is what it is. But this is so new to someone of my age that men want to be humiliated. I, I just don't know where it all came from. Uh, but it is there and it is not something I play into. Here we got one. Now, I love this because people have multiple names, like an email from a guy named Paul. But in the email, it says, hi, my name is Scotty. So this guy's a lot of emails. My question is, how much has the adult entertainment business changed since you first got involved into it? It changed a lot. I mean, if you just look at the fact that we were shooting on film and how many more people were needed for a production, as opposed to once we went to handheld cameras and natural light, it, the budgets were a lot greater because the content cost a lot more to shoot. There wasn't a need for as much because there wasn't an internet, which is like a 24-7 global spinning wheel that needs to be fed more content. So companies put out a very thoughtful one movie a month or one, you know. So the grandness of it has been brought down to this where we are now at the speed. Everything just has to be churned out and churned out. So that's made it change when you're rushing things and when you have less budget, you also lose quality. You also lose communication. You don't get to pair up talent as precisely. You don't get to do the things that were thought then, like craft services would call you the day before the shoot. What do you want to eat? Now it's like, bring your own lunch or you're eating chips and that's it, okay? A lot of those things changed. And another thing that changed is before the internet, which is a free-for-all, there were a lot more limitations. So a lot of states didn't allow certain things. So instead of making it complicated for distributors and for producers, we shot a softer style content because nobody wanted to say, I can't ship this to Pennsylvania. I can't ship this to the Bible Belt. So there were a lot of things that weren't happening. The internet brings in the free-for-all and then it becomes violent. It becomes aggressive towards women. There becomes more, you know, choking, smacking, just there becomes more kind of degrading content that was just not a thing when we were shooting on film and we were distributing VHS. So a lot has been left go, but there are some companies out there making very thoughtful products and you can easily search them. There's a lot of companies that are like, um, put out there, you know, more of a, a, a woman-based content, so a softer style content. So you can look for it, but the internet has opened this wild, wild west of what we see right now. We've got one right here. It is from Raymond. I love this question, Raymond. It's a little early to tell with injuries and things that could happen in the NFL, but good afternoon. 
With football season arriving, what are the teams you're expecting to play on 2-12-23? That is February 12th, 2023 in Arizona. Arizona is going to be the host this year of the Super Bowl. You should look it up on YouTube. Arizona has a grass field that rolls out into the parking lot during the week so that the grass grows evenly. It's very fascinating. You need to check this out. He has Buffalo and Tampa. I'm going to go Buffalo. Yes. I'd love to see Tampa because then I think Tom Brady would retire on a high note. He would feel very satisfied with his career. But I have the Chiefs or the Chargers. I'm going back and forth right there. But Buffalo is looking like they're a go all the way. And again, anything can change with injuries. One more here to go. And it is a actually two. Two. Paul writes, Hi. My question is. Have you ever met or spoken to Miss Palin? And if she was willing to come on your podcast, would you have that conversation? She's my one get. They call it your whale. Like, who's the one person you would do anything to have a sit-down interview with? It's Sarah Palin, obviously. So, Paul, if you have any connects and you can make that happen, send them to me at asklisaann at gmail.com. I have not met her. I would love to meet her. I would love to have a sit down with her. I think the world would love to see us. On a, I would do that in person. I would go to Alaska. Uh, I would be in a studio. You know, we couldn't do this remotely. What's the point? You know what I mean? I could do anything. Um, but it would be totally awesome. And that is a great question. These are the style questions that I really like here for the mailbag. And we've been getting like these nice emails as well. Ending the mailbag portion here on a high note. So we have another one this week. It's from Phil. And Phil says, I'm proud to see your progress and drive pay off so nicely. Keep going. Smiley face. That is, I mean, remember how difficult this mailbag thing was a year or two ago? If you're a new listener and you haven't gone and subscribed to the Lisa Ann experience wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, go back about a year or so and listen to the mailbag. It was rough. We're really reaching new audiences and some really awesome people. My community is building with kindness and love, and I'm so thankful. And I think the other guys that were just asking me for dates realized that I wasn't going to get back to them. So they gave up and they went to somebody else's email, which is perfectly fine. But ending it on a high note is what I want to do. I want to thank Iggy Strode for bringing his A-game, just like he does every Friday morning before I visit the morning after show. I'm on at 10 a.m. Eastern time. He serenades me. So he sings a song while I'm coming on. So I usually patch in five or 10 minutes early and listen to them, their banter. And then I know Iggy's going to sing a song. He always picks a song he knows I've never heard before, which makes it harder because, you know, if I heard it, I could relate to it, but I hear him singing it and it makes me giggle and giggle and giggle. And then I am laughing till I get on air with them. And I laugh that entire show. The morning after show is just a great group of people. They moved over to Hubbard and they're very happy in their new studio with the people that surround them. And I felt that love when I was at the Dotem this year in St. Louis, and it just felt great. They're awesome people in St. Louis. And I told them, you know, secretly I would move there just because I love the people there so much. That is how much I love everybody in St. Louis. And I love all of you. I love you for listening. If you want to join Friday, it is 8 p.m. Eastern time on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann. If you haven't gotten my books yet, 
First book, The Life, came out in 2015. Second book, The Life Back, came out in 2021. You can get them both at my store, shoplisaann.com. Thank you to my sponsor, Blue Chew, and my sponsor, Fit Soda. Faithfully, the day is Black Cherry, which I slammed before I came on here with you right now. Thank you so much for listening to an all-new episode of The Lisa Ann Experience. 